Welcome, Dana Prino, to the Whoa That's Good podcast. I'm so excited that you're on today. I love the title. Whoa, that's good. Feels like the best possible podcast title. I know, right? It's very exciting. It's yeah. pretty funny because it's spelled W-H-O-A, which a lot of people spell whoa, W-O-A. W-O-A-H. And so some people will come on and they say, we're so excited to be on the WOA That's Good podcast. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know what? Whatever works. It's fine. Um, I hadn't thought of that, but um, I spell it the way you do. <laughs> okay, good. Well, that's good. Well, I'm so excited. Before we get into anything, we'll ask the first question that I always ask my podcast. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? So I was thinking about this, you know, and I have enjoyed getting to know you a little bit, obviously from afar. This is the first time I've ever had a chance to speak with you. And I really admire you for so many reasons. One of the things I write about in this upcoming book, but I've said for a long time, um, is about my marriage. I met my husband on an airplane. Um, There were so many reasons why he and I would probably never be together. And I one of them being that he, uh, he's British, so he was living in England. I was in D.C. Wow. Uh, he's 18 years older than me. Uh, he'd been married before. Uh, he had children from his previous marriage. Uh, he had a whole different career and life track. But I was really in love. However, I was sort of talking myself out of it. Mm-hmm. I was worried about my career very much. I was only 25. But mm-hmm. I was really thinking, my gosh, you know, if I go to England to be with him and, and get married, um, my career path then is going to end. Yeah. Or like, I mean, I just, I thought that. Yeah. So the best advice that I ever got, and I've been given so much advice and I could probably give you a top five, but the best advice um, was a family friend recognized that I was struggling with this decision. And she pulled me aside at Christmas that year, Christmas 97. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, what are you thinking? What are you worried about? And you know, I made it kind of clear that I was a little bit worried about what everyone else would think about my decision yeah. rather than just thinking about my own decision. And she gave me this advice. Do not give up on this chance to be loved. Wow. And she said, you have to choose to be loved. Hmm. And she said, you might never meet anyone else who will love you like he does. Wow. So don't give up on this chance to be loved. And when I look back at everything now, I, I realize that... Um, all of my career success is great. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of it would have been possible or enjoyable mm-hmm. if I hadn't been with Peter the entire time. Wow. So I have to go, I have to say of all the advice I've been given, that's the best one. That is so good. That is a whoa, that's good. You know, I can <laughs> I can tell you the same thing, actually. Whenever I met Christian, um, we met and it was really in the it was, in, it was at a time where a lot of things that I had really been working towards were finally starting to happen. And so I kind of felt like this is bad time right. to get into a relationship. However, right. same thing. He was so amazing. He was so incredible. Um, but I was like, I, I think I'm too busy. And I remember one night uh, after we had had like the most amazing first date and clearly we were like, already kind of falling in love and I was like hey I'm so sorry but I'm gonna have to end this because and I go and on to tell him like I have so much stuff going on and I would just feel really bad if I was so busy and not giving you the time and I'm just blabbering and he literally stops me and he says Sadie he says don't ever apologize for the things God's doing in your life and it was just Aww. like the, I mean, it was the sweetest thing ever. And he said, if it's a win for you and if it's a win for the kingdom, then it's a win for me. And I wow. realized in that moment, like, wow, like this isn't, you know, I don't have to choose. Like I don't have to choose like work, 
or to be loved. You know, you can actually have both whenever you have a man secure in who they are and y'all can run the, the, the race right beside each other. And so I love that. I also love how you and your husband met. I was actually going to ask <laughs> you about that. Um, I saw an interview that you did where you were talking with uh, somebody at the time when you were kind of like afraid that you might not ever meet anybody or you thought you were going to yeah. be in a relationship. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think that's so relatable to people. Sure. So um, I um, w- went to college and my whole life I thought I was going to be uh, like a a big city news anchor, like a local news anchor somewhere big. Like, And then I started working in local news and I actually, I didn't love it and I didn't think I was that great at it. And I ultimately ended up going to Washington, D.C. and I worked for a congressman who was quite a senior um, and was a Republican uh, congressman from Colorado. He actually has uh, since passed, um, the late Dan Schaefer. And the thing about D.C. that is so funny, I wrote about this in my first book about how the guys that you meet there, there's just not many great ones. <laughs> and it, this actually caused a little bit of controversy in Washington, D.C., where the men were a little bit offended. Well, but most of the women were like, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, you <laughs> meet these guys who look like they've never been outside a day in their life. Um <laughs> They're not outside working, like they're real kind of nerdy and they're real sort of ambitious and just too involved in politics and not wanting to commit. So I had gone for a long time without even a date, hmm. a long, long time. And I was um, part of my church group's singles group, or my church's singles group. And we met every Wednesday and we had a little bit of like a potluck supper and we would just talk about things hmm. and catch up Um and then Thursday nights, that same group, we did volunteering uh, for tutoring. So we were quite involved with one another. We knew a lot about each other. And I shared um, that I, when I was 25, I felt like what I now call a quarter-life crisis. I didn't know what it but I didn't really mm-hmm. name it at the time. But I felt like my career was going well, but I didn't see how I was going to get to the next big step. Right. Um, I also started questioning whether I even wanted to be in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. It can be a pretty uh, disheartening place. Mm-hmm. Um, I also was like, well, wait, I thought that I was going to like meet this great guy that's mm-hmm. myth- some apparently myth- mythical. Uh, I was planning <laughs> to, you know, to have children by the time I was 30 in this second home when I'm 34. Right. And I had all these plans and nothing was working out. And there was this woman in our ch- singles group. She was a little bit older than, than others in the group. Look, she was only 40, but <laughs> um, she had gone through some tough times and things, but she was a little bit more wise. And she took me aside and said, everyone goes through this. Hmm. The, if you remember what God said, which is to fear not, mm-hmm. you, know, you are written in the palm of his hand. Mm-hmm. If you truly believe that, then this stress will be alleviated. Wow. Like, you let it go, and then you open your heart to a possibility. It's good, it's so good. So I kind of, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know how your mind, you hear that, and then your mind probably says, but I, I, I did try to just say, okay, let's just take her advice. Let's just try it for a month, okay? So that that conversation I remember was in the May because I had turned twenty five. Mm-hmm. My birthday's May ninth, turned twenty five, and then I didn't have a date or anything, but I just stopped worrying about it. Mm-hmm. And on August 17th, I would nearly missed a flight <laughs> and my husband was on booked on the same flight. We were assigned seats next to each other just randomly. Wow. And we were the last two people to get on the airplane. 
<laughs> and yeah. it was 13 A and C on American Airlines going from Denver to Chicago. And then I was going on from Chicago to D.C. And on the flight, when we were about to land in Chicago, I remember looking out the window and saying, Lord, I know I asked you to help me find someone. However, I'm falling <laughs> in love with this man two hours on a plane and he's lives in England. He's 18 years older than me. Um, he was married before. I, by the way, did I mention he lives in England <laughs> and this can't possibly be happening. But then for the next two weeks, I could not eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't drink. I couldn't read. I, my, my job was reading. I couldn't even read the novels that I love to read. I was just a wreck because I was totally and completely in love. Oh and that's gosh. when everything turned around. <laughs> that is so fun. I like. I want to see this in a movie, which I feel like I might have. It's like such a movie scene story. You know what's surprising, Sadie, is actually when I tell this story, you'll see in your life, you will meet, you'll be surprised how many people have actually met on a plane. Really? It's a weird thing. Man, yeah. some single people are about to go buy a plane ticket right now. <laughs> They're like, wait, I want to be on A&C with you my future husband. Oh, that's so great. I love it so much. Y'all, I love summertime. It is my favorite season and I'm so excited to jump back in. We are approaching the best time of the year. But no matter what your summer looks like, KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first summer adventure series. Kids can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks, no matter what their age is, with enriching activities that accompany each project. KiwiCo has something for everyone with different topics for each age from space to dinosaurs and so much more. I am so excited about the summer series. We actually are getting this little driver that I know Haven is going to love because it's a little steering wheel and she loves anything active and also a little like neighborhood fun one where they have a water paint thing, which is so good because it's not going to make a mess and Honey is so into painting right now. And painting with a three-year-old, yeah, that's just hard. So I'm excited for the no mess. KiwiCo offers kids a chance to get outside and explore screen-free with projects like the Bottle Rocket Kit from the Summer Adventure Series. They can turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. Every Summer Adventure Series with KiwiCo is a personalized experience that includes real engineering, science, and art projects. And you'll be impressed with how high quality all the materials are. Everything we've gotten from KiwiCo has been absolutely amazing and such high quality. I know sometimes it can be hard to find creative, engaging ways to keep your kids away from the screens and just having fun, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can focus on spending fun and quality time tackling projects together. The KiwiCo Summer Adventure Series is personalized to your family and can be received all at once or weekly for six weeks depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great, or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash sadie rob summer that's 20 percent off your summer adventure at kiwico k-i-w-i-c-o.com slash sadie rob summer Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestseller, 
bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash Woe or just text Woe to 500 500. That's audible, A U D I B L E dot com slash Woe or text Woe to 500 500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. Okay, so you mentioned a little bit about things that you've done, things that you do. Uh, for the listener who might have never heard of Dana Prino, tell us a little bit about your story, which I know you talk about in the book. You give us a little recap in chapter two. But tell us, uh, for those who haven't picked up the book yet, which everybody should go get, it's available now. Everything will be okay. It's so great. Um, but <laughs> I would love for you to share, just with listener, a little bit about your story because your life is very impressive and so just cool seeing where you came from, where you were born. and. You. Where you ended up, it's amazing. Well, I'm, I've, um, I appreciate that. I do write uh, one of the chapters titles is um, "Who is Dana Perino anyway?" <laughs> <laughs> so if you never saw, if you didn't care about politics and you didn't know me from the, the Bush White House, or you never watched Fox News, um, then you wouldn't have any idea. So why would you buy a book of advice from me, right? So I, I do think it's important when people are trying to get some advice for their own life and maybe their career path or or otherwise, you know, if they're looking for some personal life guidance, um, I think it's important to just listen, like, well, how did you do it? How did you end up White House press secretary? How did you end up this anchor of Fox News? So I also just want to make sure everybody's clear. I I did not know anybody to get involved in this. I was born in Wyoming. Hmm. I grew up in Colorado and Wyoming. My family cattle ranches in Newcastle, Wyoming. Um, And in fact, I was just talking to them last night and uh, they're calving. It's calving season, and um, they're working all hours uh, of the night. Because, wow. well, you're going to find this out soon. When a baby decides to come, like, <laughs> yeah, the, the, that's all that's their decision. The you, know, that, that, <laughs> you don't have any say on the timing for yeah. say on that. Um, so I had a really rural upbringing, um, but my dad was the first to go to college in his family, and he went to University of Wyoming. Fast forward, when I was in third grade, I, you know, I had. Uh, my dad was very important in my life and I missed him at work and things. And so he started an assignment for me that every day I had to read the Rocky Mountain News mm. and the Denver Post before he got home from work. <laughs> and I had to pick out two articles to discuss before dinner. And it could be any article I wanted. So and then cool. he would ask. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was a good way to, um, one, get me interested in the news. 
But also, Sadie, um, it was really important. As I looked back after I was the White House press secretary, I would think, you know, those more those afternoons and evenings at the kitchen table Mm -hmm. were really important for my future because I could express myself in front of a dominant male figure. Yeah. Have my critical thinking, be prepared to defend what I uh, thought about whatever the issue was. You know, I was really into dinosaurs. I remember <laughs> I like articles about dinosaurs. <laughs> great. Um, so then I went to, I think the other big thing that I did that was really important to my future, and I'll, I'll shorten that part. I joined the speech team, the speech and debate team in wow. high school. And then I went to college on a speech team scholarship. And you are, I think, a great example of this. But a lot of young women have trouble finding their strong voice, mm-hmm. and they can be very meek. Yep. And I write about in the book how important it is like, to find that confidence mm-hmm. and to harness it with, with, into energy. Um, my speech coach in college used to say, it's okay to have butterflies in your stomach as long as you make them fly in formation. That's good. I love really that. really good, right? That's so, so good. Um, and then I was going to be in TV, but that didn't necessarily work out. I, I worked on Capitol Hill. Um, I think the thing that's very important is I used to stay in touch with people all the time with an old-fashioned thing called postcards. <laughs> so this is before social media, where you would have just sent a text or an Instagram post to somebody to say, hey, I was thinking of you. Uh, I used to do that with postcards. So when I moved to England, I would choose three to five people a week from my address book, and then I would just randomly send postcards to keep in touch with people and the reason was one I didn't want to lose touch with my friends Mm -hmm. but two I wanted to keep building my network cool so that when I wanted to change career change a job or seek another opportunity or maybe even advocate on behalf of somebody else I would know somebody in a lot of different places yeah and I've kept doing that and so now um here I am I am the co-anchor of America's Newsroom with Bill Hemmer, which is such a joy. It's a new role for me. It's cool. Uh, we started anchoring together on January 18th. We both had set our own shows in the afternoon, but now we do shows in the morning. And Sadie, it's so wonderful. In fact, I we have this thing called Top Line. It's like mm-hmm. texting, but it's within the company. And during an interview today, I sent him a Top Line. I was like, I love this job so much. It's awesome. I'm so happy in doing what I'm doing. And he's a he's very joyous in his work. Mm-hmm. So he makes it makes for a very good colleague. So That's I take awesome. all of the experiences that I've had, both from my professional life and then my personal life, and try to put it all in one yeah. place. So it's a little bit of a up to updated guide for young women who are trying to make so their cool. way. That's so cool. I love hearing your story because it's the things in life that seem very random that you actually end up seeing was just really God's intentionality. You know, I mean, I think about whenever I was little, whenever I was like five years old, I would stand on my kitchen table and I would preach to my parents, which was really (laughs) funny at the time. And they would video me and it was all cute and funny. And then fast forward 20 years later and I'm doing that now you know and so it, it just really yeah is I cool. have a funny story like that when I was seven years old I got to come to Washington DC um my dad had a conference and my mom and I got to come with us that was back in the days when the companies paid for those kind of things and we did all sorts of things in Washington and I remember my little sister wasn't allowed to come mm-hmm. so it was like my my big trip <laughs> and when I got home there's this picture of me standing on the milk box that we had outside our house and there's a flag up above us. And apparently I said, one day I'm going to work in the White House. Wow. Come on. That but is you so know, cool. the other thing you, you talk about intentionality. So one of the things I recognize when I and the reason I wrote my first book, it's called And the Good News Is. Uh-huh. 
I've had that title for a few different reasons, but I, I'm a planner mm-hmm. and a worrier, right? Or I used to be more so. And when I look back at every junction when I've had a career opportunity that pushed me forward, it was not something I planned. Yep. And in fact, the day that I got named White House Press Secretary, I went into the office that day intending to resign. Wow. Are you kidding? And I said, I, can I see you after the meeting? And communications director and he said yeah I need to see you too wow and so after the meeting everybody left and I sat down and I was so nervous to just blurt it out and he goes do you mind if I go first I was like oh no go ahead and he's that's when they said you're gonna be the press are secretary are you kidding that is the coolest thing ever <laughs> I did not imagine know that. if I had gone first right and so I I've learned so many times that your plan is not going to be what ends up happening. Yeah. God has a plan for you. Now, you have to be prepared. Yep. And you have to be well-rested and you have to take good care yep. of yourself and you have to be open-minded and you have to have kindness in your heart and you have to be open-minded to it. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to try to plan it all out. It's good. It's just wasted energy. That's good. I love, actually, I wrote down this point and your lesson alerts, which I love your lesson alerts, but lesson alert number three was changing courses to be expected, not avoided, embrace change. And I think that that's such a struggle for people my age and maybe even just a year or two younger who are in college. It's like when they change their major, they think, oh my gosh, what if I mess it up? What if I mess up the plan? What if I go to the wrong school? What if I do this? (laughs) And, you know, um, I heard somebody say one time that's like you don't even have that much power to mess up God's plan for your life and <laughs> it's, like, it's so true and, and I love how you embrace the change that you know your life throughout well, I have to say if we go back to the to the beginning of the conversation about the best advice I ever got I haven't always practiced this that well mm-hmm. I mean my husband has helped me a lot when um when I was first asked to to come up to New York to do The Five, mm-hmm. which is a show on Fox that I've been doing for almost 10 years. Uh, I lived in D.C. We had we owned a home there. I have to say, New York City wasn't my idea of like the, a, a good place to, mm-hmm. to be, a good healthy place to be. I've changed my mind on that. But mm-hmm. I remember they called me and said, would you mind coming up for, I think, five weeks from July through uh, late August, which is the worst time to be in Manhattan. <laughs> And I was going to be away from my dog and my husband. And I was like, uh. so I called Peter and he was actually traveling overseas. He's an international businessman. And I called him and I was like, Peter, oh, guess what? And then I told him the offer and he said, oh, congratulations, my darling. This is exactly what you've always wanted your whole life. That's awesome. I was like, why didn't I think, why didn't I have that reaction? <laughs> yeah. You know, because it wasn't in my plan. And so I've learned to try to embrace it a little bit better, but I'm not I'm not great about it. I, I definitely have help. Yeah, hey, you gotta learn that. That's so good. I love how you brought up even like the practical advice of like how you speak to people um, because I've actually had a lot of conversations with girls who see what I'm doing and they want to do something similar and they are like have very timid voices or very meek voices and they're like how do you talk so strong and I always tell them I actually had a voice coach as well and I had a voice coach tell me like before really I even started she said you know you're naturally going to speak at about a seven and she said but you got to bring it to a 10 but bringing it to a 10 takes intentionality and so she was just basically talking to me about how like when you're speaking to somebody you actually have to think about how you're saying it and make sure that it's actually bringing them 
amount of energy that's going to bring people in. And so people don't even think about having a voice coach. You know, people are like, wait, why would you? When, they, when she said you were a 71, a 10, was that an energy? Yeah, energy level. What, so what she's was saying the, like, okay. you naturally are just going to give about a seven. You know, she's like, so bring it to a Is 10. Is that anybody or just you? She said just anybody. You. She said oh, anybody. Okay. And I huh. think it's really good because, you know, naturally, yeah, you'd probably just stay in this zone where it's like very natural but if you're gonna go on stage or if you're kind of wanting to demand people to listen in a sense or draw people in then it takes intentionality so anyways I've talked to girls about that but you do such a good job of sharing that too even your subtitle life lessons for young women from a former young woman and you actually are giving advice that everybody needs to know one of the things I loved is how you had a dinner party before how you invited girls in and you asked them to come prepare with what is the biggest problem you're trying to solve right now what were some of those things that you heard girls say oh so I the reason there's a couple reasons I asked them that um I do a lot of mentoring people come in this office all day long um and I found that especially ambitious young women, they have a long list of worries. Mm-hmm. There's so many things on their mind. And when there's so much on your mind, you can't actually focus. Yep. And I was trying to get to their, the other reason I was trying to get them to focus is um, if you can narrow that down, what is the biggest problem you're trying to solve? Mm-hmm. Let's be real honest about it. Okay. It, because it might not be the jerk that is in the cubicle next to you. Mm-hmm. It might be that you're upset about something at home or in your personal life or something. So um, I ask people to be real serious. So I got a range of issues. Um, I think I'll, I'll give you two examples. One was professional, one's more personal. So the professional one was a lot of people in this age group where it's not your first job, but let's say you've transitioned to your second or third opportunity mm-hmm. and you're ready for more right? You're ready to take things on. You want to move up. You want to be, a, you want to be promoted. Um, and when you go to look for those jobs that are the next step, many of the jobs will say you need five to seven years experience mm-hmm. and you've got two to three years experience. Yeah. In my, in my, uh, life, what I've seen with young women is that they advance so quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, wow. I mean, they already, they're moving up and moving up. So there's a, there's a frustration that they think that there's a, a gap that they don't know how to leapfrog. Mm. So I write some very practical advice about how you can try to deal with that, which is showing that you're a more resilient person in the office, um, learning how to, um, basically I call it managing up. That basically mm-hmm. means to me, can you make your boss's life better? Can mm. you make her life easier? Are you indispensable? Mm. Are they going to turn to you for advice? Um, and, and that's the key for this mm-hmm. step in your life. When you are ready to go to management or leadership or strike out on your own and do something like you're doing, if you have a young woman that's like, I'm going to do what Sadie's doing. Okay, well, there's some steps beforehand that you need to do. So I, I, I talk about that. It's great. There was one thing that was very interesting. Um, and it was a cultural issue that this young woman was dealing with. Um, her family is Muslim. Uh they came from uh, the Palestinian territories and they moved to America. A huge success story. Her father, mm-hmm. like a, a, an amazing, uh, successful businessman, real leader in the community, very generous and philanthropic. Mm. Um, thing is, his daughter was raised in America mm. and she is not so strict on the cultural, from the cultural sense. Um, and there's a big push for her to both cover and to um, 
get married mm-hmm. to someone that, you know, not necessarily her choice. And she was really struggling with that. And she's also brilliant. Mm-hmm. And you know, she wanted this career track yeah. and this kind of life. And so she was struggling with how to handle the, the pressures at home. Right. That many young women in America might not even have anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you would think that. But I, I've seen that with a few people. I have a really good friends, uh, a couple of them, good friends who are just kicking rear end when it comes to their careers. They are doing so well. They're getting to be in like late 30s and they're not married. Mm-hmm. And their families are putting a lot of pressure on them. A lot. Mm-hmm. And it's not helping. So I would say that there was like this big range. There was professional questions and then also... It's like wow. just things people are dealing with in their life. That's really cool. It's it's really cool to know the backstory on even like some of the things that this book was birthed from because those are such real struggles that a lot of people go through. And I love mm-hmm. how you're speaking directly to them. One of my favorite parts of the book, which is funny, was actually in the introduction. I loved the advice that you gave. Um, you said personal integrity is your most valuable asset. And I thought that was so good because, um, and you can kind of share the story about the girl coming up to you. But I do think that a lot of people um, think that they have to kind of surrender their personal integrity in order to gain success. But that is so scary. (laughs) And that is never going to work out. But it seems like even in conversation, I'll be like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't don't lose who you are in the process. And so can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Because I thought that was Actually, Sadie, it's interesting. Um, I I would love to tell you this story. But I also want to say, um, I'm so glad that you liked that intro and I'm getting great feedback um, about it. Scott Adams uh, read the book and he said it was the best intro of any book he's ever read. And he, he was actually you know, not exaggerating. And I, and I called him and said, thank you so much. He said, no, it's great. The interesting thing is, Sadie, there were three guys involved in the project from like an editing standpoint. Uh-huh. Each of them separately suggested that I take that story out of a chapter that it was in. Because they thought that it didn't sound humble enough. No, I loved it. And so I almost, I almost took it out. Wow. Even though I loved the story. And I, I prayed about it. I slept on it. You know, I just said a prayer. Slept wow. on it. I woke up in the morning and I thought, I'm not taking that out. It's, it's the whole point of the book. Wow. So... And that I actually so speaks to the point. Like you, you yes. were, that's like actually the point you were making. <laughs> Your yes. personal integrity. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, I'll I'll just describe the the story. Um, I got a call from a young woman. She worked in communications on Capitol mm-hmm. Hill. You know, they all call me all day long. Um, <laughs> no, that's not true. Not all day long. But they know that I'm. I want to help them, that's so awesome. they reach out. So her. The congressional office she worked in wanted her to issue a statement in her name that she thought was um, inappropriate, mm-hmm. um, off-putting, unproductive, just like bad in tone. And she was like, she didn't want to do it. And so she called me and I said, well, then don't do it. And she said, well, I, you know, she said I was, she was afraid that she would get fired or, you know, that her office would be mad at her or whatever. And she said, I said, well, don't, I said, don't put your name on it. Don't say it. And she goes, well, I don't think I can say no because I'm not Dana Perino. Hmm. And I said, how do you think I became Dana Perino? Hmm. And that's how that ends. Basically, it's that you're, God gave us personal integrity. That's Mm -hmm. one of our most important assets. It's the most valuable assets. You have to protect that at all costs. And there will be pressures on you from a personal personal standpoint. Mm -hmm and professional where you are going to be tested. Mm-hmm. But if you do something 
that makes you feel uncomfortable, you'll never, ever um, forget that. It's great. And you could come to really regret it. I'm not yeah. saying that mistakes are fatal. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. But she worked it out. She found a way for it to, for the statement to be put out and under the congressman's name, not her name. And, you know, it, it, was, it all worked out okay. Um, I hope that's that awesome. I hope she reads the book and remembers that. Um, that's awesome. Because it's not always easy to stand up for what you think is right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also another reason why young women should make sure that they're taking care of themselves financially as well. Mm-hmm. Because you want to be able to walk away if you have to. Mm-hmm. That's good. I, I feel like some people might have the question for you because, you know, most people have this question, how do you have confidence? And you're such a confident person and not even, <laughs> I mean, and people might say, well, yeah, like you've been on Fox News. You were the first woman in the to be the White House press secretary for the Republicans. It's like all these different things. Maybe that's what made you confident. But I mean, backing it up, like how do you even have the confidence to take that job? That's so huge. How do you even have the confidence to go into these rooms? So what is it for you? How do you think you've found such confidence to do the things that you have been able to do? Well, I think it's what's interesting is that for a lot of people that you might look to as a role model or think have all this confidence in the world that um, inside, that's not the case. I mean, you've done a lot of interviews here. And I think about even like big performers like Luke Bryan, you think, oh, like he never has any concerns. He never has any problems. That's not true. Mm -hmm. And he was quite open about like there's vulnerabilities there and worries and they're human. Um, I think that I think that the public speaking competitions that I did really helped when I was in high school and college. Yeah. Um, Because the number one fear of all humans, all humans is public speaking. Mm -hmm. The number one fear. Nothing else. And it's because we're afraid of ridicule. Yeah. We're afraid of being judged. Yeah. And then we judge ourselves very harshly. Um, look, I would pray before a briefing. Um, but the interesting thing is that when I became the White House press secretary, I had been the deputy for three, uh, two or three years before. Hmm. And I was very, very comfortable being behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be out there at the podium. Um, I wanted to help Tony Snow get ready for his briefing. Uh, I loved prepping President Bush for his press conferences. That was one of my favorite things to do, but I didn't want to do them myself. Yeah. And Sadie, what happened was Tony Snow was suffering from cancer and was getting treatments. And in order to focus on his health and his family, he decided to step down. And that's when I became the press secretary. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. I, I didn't raise my hand. I got pushed. Yeah. <laughs> because there was literally nobody else in the government who could do it. Yeah. Wow. So I, that first briefing, oh, my gosh. I got a call from Secretary Margaret Spellings over at the Education Department. She called me that morning. And she said, well, how are you doing? I said, well, I'm really nervous. And she said, well, <laughs> you're going to have to put on, put your big girl panties on and deal with it. <laughs> that's awesome. And she was right. And, you know, I that's the other reason I wrote this book is that I, I feel there's an that I have an obligation Mm-hmm. to help younger women that are coming up through mm-hmm. uh, their professional development because I've been grant I've been given so much and I've learned so much and I've learned not to worry so much mm-hmm. and sometimes you just need somebody who's been through it That's to great. you know reach out and give you a little bit of a helping hand 
Well, it's so helpful and it's so good. The last thing I want to ask you, because I, I actually heard you say this in an interview and I thought this would be great advice for a lot of people, is you talk about how there was a moment in the White House where you kind of caught a glimpse of yourself in the mirror and you were like, mm. who am I? This is not yeah. who I want to be. And I feel like many people might be in that position now. They might have gotten the you know career that they wanted to get. They've gotten the successes that they want to have, but they look in the mirror and they don't recognize who they are. For that person, um, and for you when you were there, how do you get back to who you are? Oh, I love this question. Um, I actually think that this could also be true following a very tense election, Mm -hmm. um, right, where maybe maybe within your family or your friends group or something that things were said that Mm -hmm. are hurtful to either side, and um, maybe you posted something on social media that you regret. or, as you're saying, um, you know, it can happen in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, I remember that day very clearly, like it was yesterday. Um, you know, at the last year of the Bush administration, things were very tough. You know, the war um, was well underway. We, we were seeing a lot of loss. Um, it was getting better. It was getting better, but that progress was slow. Um, we were under the gun for all sorts of reasons. The media really loved to have a go at George W. Bush. And... There was an election ongoing between Obama and McCain, and they both were attacking George W. Bush. And I was trying my best to just deal with all of it and try to be cheerful and do the right thing. But also the financial crisis was happening, and we just felt like we were taking incoming all over. And um, I just I remember, uh, I, it would, I wish I could even draw the face for you right now, because I feel like I don't, I, it really wasn't me, but it was like a clenched jaw, you know, scowling, like dead in the eyes, Mm -hmm. no lightness, no brightness. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I had gotten away from prayer. Mm. I was relying on myself to try to improve things. And I had become way too insulated. Mm -hmm. I was way too much in my bubble. So how did I deal with it? Well, my husband and I decided to do something um, right after the White House that I think was the best possible thing for me and for our marriage to regroup after all of that. Um, We went to Africa Hmm. and we did two weeks of safari vacation type thing. Amazing. Saw all that beautiful wildlife and nature and and the amazing majestic animals. And I loved that. Also drank a lot of red wine (laughs) and ate a lot of great steaks uh, in South Africa. And then we went to um, a PEPFAR site. So PEPFAR was President Bush's HIV AIDS initiative that -hmm. was worldwide, but really focused in Africa in particular, where there was a lot of suffering and death. Um, It was called the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief. And we went and volunteered there for two weeks. And I remember on the first day, we got some training. It was a faith-based organization. So we got some training and some... uh, materials to be able to use um, in our ministry and sitting with the folks in the in the hospice. He went to the men's ward and I went to the women's. Well, I was under this mistaken, I, you would think I would be a little bit more enlightened, but I thought that most of these women would speak English because we were in South Africa where that is obviously mm-hmm. a, a language in addition to um, many local languages that are spoken by um, people that were born there. I get there. They don't speak English. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? 
How am I supposed to sit here? I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't even talk to them about God. I, don't, I can't even talk to them about anything. So I just sat there. And one of the patients, she was picking at her nail polish. And she asked the nurse to bring her a nail polish remover and a re- nail polish so she could fix it. And the nurse comes out. She's like, this is all we have left. And she's pouring the alcohol into the bottle to thin it so that it could go farther. And I had this idea. And I went over to the men's ward and I asked my husband, can you take me to the store? So we go to this store. It was like a CVS type thing. And I went in and um, I bought a manicure set for eight (laughs) women, eight manicure sets and a whole bunch of different nail polishes. They call it nail varnish. Um, And I take it all back and I set it up on a table like you would like at a nail salon. And I said, who here wants their nails done? That's awesome. Guess what, Sadie? They spoke English. <laughs> what? They just didn't know who I was. Like, who is this blonde girl that comes wow. in and sits in here? Like, so, they, so they were also very touched that I was willing to, cool. to touch them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, so I did their nails, and they told me their stories. Wow. And I think that going there, getting out of Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. being able to focus on someone else, through a ministry that I think that that's what reset my whole um, body clock and um, my mind and my, and and truly my heart. And what I write about in the book is getting perspective with a capital P. Mm, That's good. That's so good. I love it. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I have similar stories in my own life where my family's always traveled overseas and gone different places. And people ask me, you know, how do you stay humble? How do you? And I, I agree. It's perspective. And it's constantly thinking of about people outside of just thinking about yourself. And so that is so good. Dana, you are amazing. And I'm so glad you wrote this book uh, for young people like myself so that we can, you know, walk in some a good path and a good track. And you've given us a lot of great advice. So thank you for being on Whoa, That's Good and giving us great advice. You're yeah. incredible. Well, Sadie, I have to say that, you know, I, one of the things I say is you look for role models everywhere. Um, and I, I can look to you as a role oh, model wow. as well. I really appreciate it what you're doing. I'm excited to see what all the future brings for you and good luck with the baby. Thank you. That means the world. Thank you so much. Hello. Hey. Hey, is this Paige? Yes, it is. Hey, girl. Hey, Paige. It's Sadie and Christian. Hey, guys. How's your day going? It's going so good. Aw, good. Awesome. Well, Paige, thanks for sending in a question. Um, My team grabbed that question and wanted us to answer it. So what was your question that you sent in? Yeah, so I've been a huge fan of the Well That's Good podcast for a long time. And the question that I was hoping you guys could answer was, how do I even begin to read scripture? Because I really want to like jump into scripture and reading God's word, but I don't know where to start. Hey, that's real. Well, first of all, thanks for being a fan of the podcast. Um, That means a lot. I will say, you know, the Bible can be such an intimidating book to pick up and read because for me, as someone who doesn't like love to read, when you look at a book like the Bible, you're like, what in the world? How do I start that? Um, And so my encouragement to you would be start with like the gospel. So the gospels is, of course, the story of Jesus. Then you can go read the letters, you know, the letters to the different churches. Um, for me, what I always like to tell people is, you know, I think it's better if you don't try to, like, just read a scripture a day. If you read, I think you should read, like, a book 
at one time. So say like, I'm going to go read the book of Joshua. Well, I'm going to like, not just read chapter one and then tomorrow read Psalms. Like I'm going to finish Joshua, you know, just because then you get to see like a whole story come to life, just like you'd read any other book. You wouldn't like pick up a book and just like read one page of a book and then jump to like page a hundred and read another page of a book. Then you'd be very confused by the book, you know? Mm -hmm. And so read Genesis, you know, then, then read Exodus, then go read, you know, Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and all these different books. And I'm not saying you can't read books at the same time. I'm actually doing a plan right now on the Bible app, which is the Bible in one year. And I'm reading all types of different books at the same time, but we're finishing them. And I think that's the most important part so that you see the story come together. Um, Yeah, Matthew, I I was going to say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four gospels in the New Testament. And I usually encourage people to read um, Mark first. A lot of people say John or Matthew, but I think Mark is really good. Mark is a little shorter than those, but um, it, it, it really gets to the point and it's the some of the language can be easier to read for people. Um, mm-hmm. So I usually encourage them to start with Mark. Yep. So the Gospels, for people who don't know, that's the story of Jesus. And so that's why we say start with that, because that'll help you really understand the heart of the Bible, the story of Jesus, you know. Um, But I hope that helps. I mean, just reading books through, actually finishing the story, because that's when you're going to be like, drawn into it and you're not going to want to stop like that's it was going to be contagious about reading the bible because the stories are so amazing um and then practically also like i said i joined a bible app plan like join a plan follow somebody else's lead um that might know how to lead you through scripture and there's no shame in that like doing it yourself can be really hard but doing it with somebody leading or even friends that you're studying with makes it a whole lot easier um, but I hope that helps. I hope that helps your journey page. And, um, I'm excited that you even asked a question like that because that shows you have a desire and that's the first step to reading scripture, having a desire to actually read the story. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. So thanks for being on the Let's Good podcast. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Yo, I love these questions coming in. Keep sending in your questions to the Well That's Good podcast Instagram page. Go follow us there. And we would love to feature your question by answering it. Christian, he loves he loves a good swipe, swipe up. up. Go swipe, swipe up. up on the Well That's Good podcast. No, go send in your questions. We'd love to call you and be able to answer some of those and bring some clarity to your life. And you know what? We're going to get to some Well That's Good things. And so after, keep you send your, after you send the questions in, swipe up. Yeah, you can just swipe up for fun. Swipe you know, up. A little finger flex. <laughs> All right, bye guys.